Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Mac Dutrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory as well. And all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great service department and excellent sales staff as well. Oh, <laughs> it has been a whirlwind, wild 24 hours in the off the field entertainment that is college football. Or I should say the off the field drama that is college football. We'll get to Brian Kelly in a sec because I have a lot to say about that as a Notre Dame fan. But I do want to start with Brent Pry heading to Virginia Tech. The connections there, certainly no surprise. He was a grad assistant there in the 90s. But this is a pretty significant loss here for Penn State, obviously. Because when you look at where things have gone, we had Rich Garcell on with this yesterday from the Reading Eagle, and he mentioned you could see a change or two on the offensive side of things. And obviously, a lot of the issues are on that side of the ball. And you flip over the defensive side, and while the defense had its moments this year, especially to close out the regular season against Michigan State last week, you heard some of the audio there from Steve earlier with Nick Tarburden. But overall, this was one of the strengths of this team. You felt like that that was the best unit and the unit that was probably in the best shape. Sure, you're going to lose a good amount of guys once the season's over, but you also have a lot of good guys returning as well. And now, and that was I thought that was kind of like your most stable point of this team with everything with all the unknowns on on the offensive side of the ball, but now you lose Brent Pry, And now you've got another big unknown on both sides of the ball. So this is going to be, right off the bat, after signing that mega deal, this is a very important offseason in the James Franklin tenure. In terms of the recruiting side of things, and now trying to solidify his coaching staff yet again as he loses yet another assistant to a head coaching gig. Can Brent Pry be successful? We haven't the track record from James Franklin's assistants that have left hasn't been great. But I feel like Brent Pry 
can be the most successful out of them all. Again, I think the connections there with Virginia Tech certainly help. I think he's a good coach overall. And also, you've learned from a good recruiter in James Franklin. Say what you want about anything else, but James Franklin is an excellent recruiter. And he lived under that standard for a couple of years, so maybe he brings something, some of those things that he's learned under James Franklin, and he brings that to Virginia Tech. And he'll certainly have time probably to rebuild and, and get himself acclimated because the expectations down in Blacksburg don't seem to be as high as they once were, and obviously they're not as high as they are currently if, as if you were to stay with Penn State. But nonetheless, that's a, just another void that is going to be interesting to see how James Franklin fills that once you get in, into the real heart of the offseason. Now we go to Brian Kelly. What he has done to these players when their team is on the brink of a possible berth to the college football playoff is an absolute disgrace. You don't... Everything that I've heard from the, from the minute of him leaving for LSU to the Twitter thing where he's fully changed everything to LSU. That's one thing. But then you just... The more you heard, it's like watching somebody fall down the steps. I mean, it is, it's, it's already shocking enough to see him leave to go to a program that I think is in much worse shape, and I don't know why he would even leave this spot in Notre Dame other than the money. Got a 10-year deal, 95 mil... 100 mil total when you add in the buyout from LSU. And now, just from the player's side of thing, you don't text the team. You don't tell the team first off. The team, most of the team, if not the whole team, finds out that you're leaving via social media and news reports. But then you have the audacity to send a team chat message late at night Saying, oh, I'm sorry this came up, but no, my love is there for you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, first of all, I don't believe that for a second. And say, oh, I'll meet you at 7 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> That's just insult to injury. Could the players handle it? Yeah, of course. I'm sure they had a lot of early morning practices. I mean, but to have the Goyuns to go on the team text board late at night and confirm that you're leaving when you weren't even the first to say and then say, oh, I'll meet with you for at 7 a.m. the next morning. And then you only meet with the team for 11 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's just as bad as it gets. Brian Kelly has handled this about as well as he has handled, as he has coached, a road game or a big game for Notre Dame. Okay? And let me tell you something. He's got a rude awakening coming in the SEC. Because guess what? The teams that he's going to face now on a more consistent basis, he struggled mightily against. Mightily, Steve. Kelly here? I am. Yeah, but... See, he has made can... the wrong move, and the way he's leaving is a total disgrace. An absolute disgrace. You don't seem happy. I'm unhappy with the way he's leaving. 
Do I think he was that great a coach? No. He was a good coach, not a great coach. He's going to go down. He's already one of the greatest coaches in Notre Dame history. I get that. No, I would put an asterisk the way how this has ended. But what, is he a great coach? No. And I don't think he's going to be very successful in the SEC. I don't. Well, you got to there's, okay, there's different ways of looking at that. Okay? First of all, to get into Notre Dame, I mean, you need... You need grades, you need scores, you got all sorts of things, and once you get there, you gotta stay there. Okay. Is that the same standard at LSU? Fair point. I mean, you're about to get a wider pool of athlete to choose from at LSU than you were probably able to get at Notre Dame. Now, you're also going to be going up against, instead of a handcrafted schedule that pretty much guarantees you 10 wins a year, hey, that annual game with Navy is like, oh, really? Let me cut me a break. Um, how about no? Uh, so the schedule is going to be different because now you've got to play Alabama, you've got to play Auburn, you've got to play Texas A&M, you've got to play Arkansas. And eventually down the road, you may have to play Texas or Oklahoma. Now, who knows what they'll be like at that point? I don't know. Uh, but So the schedule will change, but the ability to open the door to almost anybody you want in the recruiting world is there. You're not going to have as many, quote, restrictions at LSU. And you got to take that into account here with what he's doing. He's also going from $5 million a year to $9.5 million a year. So he's getting a $4.5 million increase. I mean, Notre Dame was paying him about $5 million a year, right around that range. Um, now, I mean, now you've got to come up with somebody to replace him. That's always the biggest. That's always the biggest question I ask people. I want him out. Okay, well then tell him who do you want. I never get answers on that. I never get answers on that. Who do you want? Well, anybody else. Okay, anybody else? Huh? Really. No, 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 no. You're going to bring up the, the, the big guy questions about you want somebody out. You better come up with an answer as to who you want. You better have a replacement in mind. And to be honest with you, Notre Dame acts like they don't have a replacement in mind. Have you noticed that? I am a little and, surprised that at least for now, Marcus Friedman, the defensive coordinator, is has not been named an interim because, yet. Because he might be he might be going with Brian down to LSU. And same thing with Tommy Reese. Now, Tommy Reese, I'm not surprised about. I am a little surprised to hear about Freeman. This is actually the first time I'm hearing about that. Okay. They might be going with him. And I'm telling you, this also throws a gigantic wrench into the thought of Notre Dame being in the college football playoff. If you're the college football playoff committee, there are now two big things working against Notre Dame here. If there happens to be some things that that break their way. One... They didn't play a twelfth game, a thirteenth game, huge, in my opinion. And two, an interim coach, really? 
That's what you want in the college football playoff is an interim coach? Wow. That's not great. That's not what you want. And I guess some of the Notre Dame coaches were out recruiting, and they literally were in living rooms last night when they found out that Kelly was leaving. Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. I mean... Yep. You just sit there and say, you know, this is how you're operating? Now, of course, the big story around here is Brent Pry. Look, Brent Pry... Uh, is one of the absolutely great guys out there. Great guy. Phenomenal. He and Amy are just great people. He is a terrific coach, a terrific defensive coordinator here, and boy, does he relate to his players. I cannot be happier for Brent Pry. Cannot be. I'm so glad that it's it's a Power 5 job and not a job, for example, with all due respect to Louisiana. You know, I kept thinking, boy, his name's going to come up for Louisiana. That's not the right job for Brent. He deserves a Power 5 job, not a stepping stone job. You know? Well, he bypassed the stepping stone job, and he got the job at Virginia Tech. He'll do a great job there. Oh, and by the way, you want to talk about irony? Do you know what his first game is at Virginia Tech? September 3rd against Ricky Ronnie and Old Dominion. <laughs> so you look at, at the coordinator hires from Penn State. Joe Moorhead, head coach Mississippi State. Ricky Ronnie, head coach Old Dominion. Brent Pry, head coach Virginia Tech. Whenever you see somebody make a move up to the top of the ladder, you've you got to feel great for them. It's the ones that end up being a what what you're you know you're around this business long enough like that's a lateral move that makes no sense that's a lateral move, well, okay then you sit back and go there's a okay what what's the issue there, not when somebody moves up to a head coaching job especially a power five, you sit back and go you know what you're thrilled for that guy and his family, and Brent will do a great job there, big big loss, as a recruiter as a coach as a person. But you've got to be able to, to back up really good people when they have golden opportunities. And Brent has a golden opportunity, and you can tell James thinks the world of him. So now, I mean, who do you look at? I mean, if you look internally right away, Anthony Poindexter's somebody's name that comes to the front right away. as somebody you take a long, hard look at. You know, Terry Smith's been on the staff a long time. And then you go outside. There's certainly some outside names that bear watching as well. But I was just glad that you could get your day off to a bitter start. <laughs> well, I'd be lying if I if I did if I say I wasn't bitter today. So yeah, you're bitter. Look, he did a really good job in Notre Dame. Really good job. But let's face it, he's gonna get four and a half he's gonna get four and a half million more a year, five million to nine point five. And now the entire book 
is wide open on recruiting. Notre Dame has expectations as to what a student-athlete should be, which, by the way, I agree with. Just like Penn State has expectations of what a student-athlete should be. I agree with that. But, I mean, let's be realistic here. Realistic. We know how things operate in the SEC. A little different world. All right. Back with more in a moment. Dennis Dodd coming up in a few moments. We'll talk with him about the Notre Dame situation as well. Meanwhile, Matt will uh, take a nice ice cold drink to cool down on News Radio 1070 WKOK. F O U L E D, that spells Falda. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Other than retiring from your current profession, could you see yourself leaving Notre Dame of your own volition? No, no. I mean, look, I think Mike Tomlin had the best line, right? You know, um, unless uh, unless that uh, that fairy godmother comes by with that, you know, $250 million check, I'd, my wife would want to take a look at it first. <laughs> I'd have to run it by her. You're just pouring out with hate today. <laughs> if you would I mean, have done this on. a little more gracefully, then I would be okay. I mean, but... SiriusXM offers you the big job. Are you leaving? Of course, but I'm not going to leave everybody out to dry and let them know oh, via text oh, message you, that I'm going to call a 7 a.m. meeting. You wouldn't even call the suit. <laughs> you wouldn't even call him. That's just kind of the guy I am. I would. What he did is like break it up with your girlfriend over a text message. Total violation. I think the suit's done that too. Yeah, he probably has. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just enough time. <laughs> so we have to like bring our own mustard. I mean, I've never been to anything that was like BYOM. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Time to bring in the outstanding and a great friend of this show. And uh, I always enjoy the fact when we actually did the sit-down face-to-face. That's Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. First of all, Dennis, great to have you with us. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, it's great to be with you, Steve. How are you? 
Uh, so I'm doing okay. Thanks. Um, so another, uh, it, there's been a lot of money and a lot of movement in a short period of time, and with the early signing day two weeks from tomorrow, it has to be that way. So let's start with Brian Kelly. Um, how did this come about where the door opened and you know, we knew LSU was hiring, but everybody was focused on Lincoln Riley and not on uh, Brian Kelly? Yeah, uh, I, I think you know LSU called everybody, and when it became apparent that Lincoln Riley was either going to stay at Oklahoma and then subsequently go to USC, then they went down to the next name on their list. But, you know, it was a week ago, Steve, where you made that comment, you know, kind of invoking Mike Tomlin, never say never, but never, that he wasn't going to leave, um, and using fairy godmother talk, unless the fairy godmother delivers $250 million, where he's very nice to the fairy godmother. She only had to deliver 95 over 10 years. So uh, the, 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 the hypocrisy in the... Uh, in the profession is just stunning. I mean, it's just better to say nothing, better to be ambiguous, like Luke Fickle has been, you know, the whole time. You know, I don't think he's, he's ever said the words, I'm coming back to Cincinnati next year, but why would you? I mean, it, it, at the least, you get an extension. But for, you know, some of the stuff these coaches have said is, is beyond the pale. And then to leave, uh, you tell me, can you remember a football coach leaving the week uh, of a championship birth? because that could happen Sunday for Notre Dame. And it wouldn't be that hard. Uh, he has chosen to go recruit the Louisiana high school players over chasing the national championship. It's just stunning. And I think that if I'm on the college football playoff committee, that affects how I feel about it. In other words, that you know, do I want to put a team in with an interim head coach? Yeah, that's something I'm trying to chase down. Apparently, Jerry Palm, our CFP maven, uh, says that doesn't come into play, but it, in the written protocol. Now, injuries obviously are laid out, but look, these are humans, and you know they have that in the back of their minds. They have they have prejudices and preferences, just like the rest of us. It's just like any fan; they can't deny it. So, if you sit there and look at Notre Dame, and they have a chance to get in, eh, but they don't have a coach. I mean, Jack Swarbrick, the AD, literally said today. He's leaning towards not having an interim. That's fine. That's fine. You know, it's, he, he believes that much in the staff. But, you know, if you're sitting there going, you know, uh, Notre Dame with Brian Kelly sure looks a lot better than a Notre Dame with a college of coaching. Is the door also open to possibly both Freeman and Tommy Reese go with him down to LSU? I, I will find out. Um, I, I, frankly, I've been working on a column and working the phones, they didn't talk that phone. Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I have. Yeah, I know I completely understand that. Yeah. Lincoln Riley caught me a little off guard going to USC because I hadn't heard his name connected to it. Uh, when that got the dominoes rolling, what was your thought process there? Uh, I wrote yesterday that he, I, I didn't get on it. I just said he, he's 38 years old. A typical 38-year-old in a, in a high-powered job, very successful, gets a chance to upgrade himself, quote-unquote, he's going to do it. Um, you know, the difference here is that, you know, he had, he, you know, it came the day after they got eliminated from the Big 12 race and the playoffs. Um, you know, again, what would he have done if they beat Oklahoma State? 
But he's given them five straight years. I don't think you can blame Lincoln Riley and call him a traitor um, because he's delivered two Heisman Trophy winners, four Big 12 titles, countless excellence there. When I, when I tweeted yesterday, he's given uh, Oklahoma five of their best years ever. People lost their minds. They thought I meant the best five years ever. People don't read by them. Yeah, he's I delivered three of their, five of their best years ever. Uh, you can include Bud Wilkinson and everybody else. How many of those coaches have won, you know, four championships, delivered two Heisman winners, and filled the stadium every week, and, and three playoff firsts? Nobody except Lincoln Riley. So I think that's interesting. So I don't blame him, and I don't blame, uh, you know, Brian Kelly for going 12 years. I think after 12 years in, in sports these days, the relationship between the coach and the school or team just wears out. It's the way he left. You know, he, he was, you know, with a championship on the line. When you're addressing the play, address the player this morning at 7 a.m., what do you tell those guys? You're, by, your, by whatever you say, you're saying, hey, I'm leaving. It's not worth it. That's what you're telling them. There's nothing else you can say by your actions. And see, what's interesting is when you do that, you've been addressing full, complete buy-in to each one of the players in that room since the exactly. day they walked into that room, and you're not—you're the guy that's not buying in. The loyalty thing, and I keep writing it every time something like this happens. How do you believe these guys? Let's go back to '05, Nick Saban. I'm not going to take the Alabama, you know, job. Um, you know what Brian Kelly said last week? It's just—it's just tired and old, and everybody's being played, and they want loyalty. And remember when the transfer portal started? Oh, this is—we oh, have to have loyalty. Now it's become such a reality that if you're a coach and you say that, you're really hurting yourself and recruiting because they've been proven wrong. You know, anybody can do anything at any time in terms of bettering themselves, whether it be at a job or a transfer pool. It's just how you do it. Um, and, and they just, they just look, they look like hypocrites, you know? And I, I am painting a broad brush here. Yeah. Um... Because I, that's been the, one of the criticisms for Dabo Sweeney. They say he hasn't done a good enough job in the transfer portal. Now people are embracing and they want you to use it. The uh, there, yeah, I'm still here, Dennis. Yep, uh, I was saying. I said that's been one of the criticisms for Dabo Sweeney. They say he hasn't embraced it enough and used it enough. The fans actually want you to use it now. Yeah, I, I I have nothing to say bad about that. But swinging the transfer portal That's right. this year might have been his best might have been his best coaching job. I agree with you. About it. I completely you know, they agree were, they with were you. They were terrible offensively. Uh, the quarterback thing I don't think ever panned out. But the milk nine wins out of that team, I think at the end of the year was pretty good. And then he delivered championships. So no, I'm not going to say anything bad about that. Yeah, exactly right. I I completely agree with you. I think it was his best coaching job. But just because it didn't lead to a national championship, I thought he did yeah. a lot of great work there. Now, somebody who made the natural transition of upward mobility is Brent Pry, who left today here at Penn State to become the head coach at Virginia Tech. That's the way things normally have been done. <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, he's, he's very valued. I, I heard his name. Uh, early on in the Virginia Tech opening, and he's well-respected. The year he was promoted to defensive coordinator, Penn State won the, won the Big Ten and went to the Rose Bowl. 
uh, and has been really, really consistent. So, you know, young guy at 51, and this is a great opportunity for him. For and Virginia Tech is so desperate to get back of some semblance of Frank Beamer. I think this is a great opportunity in that he has that sort of leverage to get what he needs to win. Uh, I think Penn State is, is right now sixth in the Big Ten in total defense, but seventh in uh, in points given up per game, which is really how you should measure things. So they've been pretty good. Right. No, he, Brent did a heck of a job here. Back to Notre Dame for a moment. So give us a measure of the landscape. Who do you think are the potential options of names that will be thrown out for the Notre Dame job? I think Luke Fickle's the turn down. Um, you know, you hear of Marcus Freeman, who is the defensive coordinator, has come over from Cincinnati. He's uh, well-respected. he got plenty of experience. I thought he'd be made the interim, but Jack Swarbrick, the AD, has apparently said, that he's not going to hire him. I mean, it's just going to be, like I said, a college of coaches. They're just going to coach them as far as they go, um, which leads to the question, you know, who makes the tough calls on fourth and one and timeouts and game management and everything else. That's another story. Uh, you know, I think they have to place a call to Luke Sickle, and, and I think if he was interested, I think they'd wait for him, you know, unlike what Brian Kelly did. Uh, because they need – there's a – a desire there to get back in the traditional Catholic high schools so with all his mind uh, for talent. Um, you know, Luke Fickle has a strong Catholic background. He's a Catholic. We all know that. Uh, I think it would be desirable for him. But there's significant work to do at Cincinnati, and he's not going to be distracted by this. You know, they, if they get to the championship game, we're talking about the second week of January. And again, I think Notre Dame would wait. But, you know, we'll see. I know we had a limited window with you. I appreciate the time you gave us very much, Dennis. All right, Steve. Thank you. Look at that. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. See, now, if Lou Fickle were hired, would, would you be happy? I would, yes. He he is on the top of my list. Just from seeing what Dennis wrote earlier today, um, I also like the idea of maybe Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Matt Campbell's interesting. And that's Matt a name Campbell. I never really thought of, but I, I, I agree. Matt Campbell has done a very good job at Iowa State. But he seems to always win a game he's not supposed to win. And he always seems to lose a game he's not supposed to lose. It's really, really strange, his record there. You know, he had a veteran quarterback in Brock Purdy. I don't know. He, to me, he's a very interesting name because I, I, there's a level of inconsistency with him as a head coach that may be a product of Iowa State or could be a product of him. I don't know. I don't know. But overall, I think Luke Fickle would be the the ideal fit. How long after he loses his first game in Notre Dame? How long will it be before you want him fired? <laughs> That's a good question, and I guess I can't answer it until that would happen. Has there ever, ever been a coach that lost a game that you didn't want fired? Oh, yeah, there's been plenty of times with that. You sure? And and always in the first year. Are you I'm sure? I'm usually pretty patient, yes. Oh, really? Oh, I have one year, you're patient. 
I I am I am usually patient for at least the first year, as long as I the see the first growth. year. Correct. Wow. Well, you're a much bigger person than I ever gave you credit for. All right. <laughs> Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Oh my Almighty! Another bitter day at the microphone for Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't deny this one. I mean, just bitter. It's been entertaining. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can provide that at least, as usual. What? I'm, you know, I'm. Yeah, I didn't want Brent Pry to leave, that's for sure, but he's becoming a head coach at a Power 5 school. I mean, look. Uh, Ricky Ronnie. In fact, Ricky got the Old Dominion to a bowl game this year. They're going to make it. They beat Charlotte in that last game. Uh, Joe Moorhead, of course, I think Joe's going to get another head coaching job out of this thing. We'll see. But, of course, he left uh, from here to go to Mississippi State. And uh, now Brent. I mean, when they're getting head coaching jobs, especially in Power 5, you look around and go, can you blame them? It's a great move for Brent. It's a great move for Virginia Tech. They hired the right guy. They may not have hired the flashiest guy out there, but they got the right guy, Virginia Tech. Big Brent Pry guy. Big. Since the day I met him, since the day I met him, I go, this guy has got something to him. And you watch how his players relate to him. Oh, my goodness. His players, re- he really relates to his players. Tremendous in that regard. Now, as for Brian Kelly, I thought it was really great that he addressed his team this morning to tell them to stay committed to Notre Dame. Commitment's important. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul why I brought that up with Dennis. I said, you know, you're in there like, you got to be committed. you got to be all in, all thing. And it's like, you know, and it turns out the guy giving you the message isn't all in. How many times do you think Lincoln Riley made that speech? I'm not, and I am not putting down these guys for making these speeches. I'm not. But I'm saying, how many times do you think he made that speech to the guys at Oklahoma? But he got $110 million. Which, by the way, he gets the most of anybody, but he needs the most of anybody in terms of the relative scale because of the tax problem in California. And then, look, Brian Kelly's ability to recruit. Now, Brian Kelly, it's interesting. Brian Kelly has always been a great delegator. What really drives him are the X's and O's. He loves the X's and O's. And the coaching part of it. The recruiting part of it, you know, and he delegates. That's why Freeman doesn't mind being the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame because Kelly delegates that part to him. Right? And you have to have a staff, and he's going to need a staff at LSU that really recruits. Because for him, that's never been the fun part. But his ability to recruit, I say this with all due respect, Literally anybody he wants, he can recruit anybody he wants now. He is not going to have 
academic restrictions like he did in Notre Dame. It's not going to happen. He can get anybody he wants. And don't think that's not a big part of it. So now you've got Saban locked in at, at Alabama. You've got Jimbo allegedly locked in now at Texas A&M. Hey, long-term guys. you got Brian Kelly locked in at LSU. I guess Kirby Smart. I guess you're going to assume he's locked in at Georgia. But they're the only guys in that conference that are locked in for a long period of time. I guess Mark Stoops is locked in at Kentucky. But everywhere else in that conference, and this includes Texas and Oklahoma going in, Oklahoma's got a big hire to make. Now, there's a lot of talk that Brent Venables of Clemson might be, it might be his time to go after everything he's done at Clemson. And again, I agree with Dennis Dodd. Dabo and his staff may have done their best coaching job yet. Now, it's not going to pay off on a playoff. It's so it's okay. It's so easy to sit there and go. They went twelve and zero. They did their best job. Like okay, all right. That's that's why I don't want. And you know, I I don't. You got to know what you're saying here. I remember when Mike Tomlin went eight and eight, and I said, I said with everything that happened with Roethlisberger and everything, it may have been his best coaching job. Because you had to come up with all sorts of inventive ways to coach. Clemson had no offense. And the quarterback that played against Notre Dame last year in South Bend didn't even approach that this year. Matt wants Luke Fickle. And they may wait until after the playoff to get them. Notre Dame may stay open for a while here. We may operate with, without an interim. Okay. Yeah, that and I have a problem with. How does that work? I mean, it's it's fourth and one. What do you do? Take a vote. Who leads the vote? I'll be curious if that changes if they're in the college football playoff. If they're not, then whatever, fine. They shouldn't be in the college football playoff. To be honest with you, there's two reasons Notre Dame shouldn't be there. One, they didn't risk it in a 13th game. Number two, they have no head coach. Number one was Notre Dame's choice. Always remember that. Notre Dame chooses not to play a 13th game because they won't join a conference. That is their choice. So, sorry, but you don't get away with it. If I'm going to ask Cincinnati to play a 13th game, Michigan to play a 13th game, Alabama and Georgia to play a 13th game, Oklahoma State has to play a 13th game. All these people have to risk it one more time while you're sitting in your living room? No, 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 no. That's not how life works. And not only that, you know, I'm a coach now. Who do you send to the podium at the press conference?